So meat based 15, I was gonna say 14, but it's 15 and it's a yeah. pretty, pretty big one because uh, Nicole, would you like to announce your yeah. news to the world? Yeah, so I'm pregnant. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yay, we're super excited. Um, but I found out, I guess, um, end of March. And so I'm about three months, um, a little over three months. And um, it's been a wild ride of that first trimester and being carnivore and all that good stuff. So I'm super excited to <laughs> jump into that today. I, but I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited. And I think it's something that's super relevant and something that is, I'm sure a lot of people have questions about and like the process and for some weird reason, I mean, we've been having babies on a meat-based diet for what, 2 million years. And now all of a sudden it's probably like a bit of a, a bit of a, people ask questions now all of a sudden, but what's, what's been, has there been any sort of I know you're, you're a meat-based enthusiast. You've been doing this for a long time and it's helped with so many like ailments and stuff, but has, has there been sort of a concern on your side or how have you sort of gone about thinking about it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing for like a few close people that I tell their first question is, are you going to stay carnivore during pregnancy? And my mm. answer is always absolutely right. Like I am eating the most nutrient dense foods I've ever eaten you know, the baby's getting everything it needs. You know, I do um, check my levels of like different nutrients um, and minerals. So I know like what's going on, uh, sorry, vitamins and minerals. Uh, but the biggest change has been, so up until week, like I think eight, um, I didn't have any morning sickness. And I was like, oh, I have such an easy pregnancy, like, cool, like, this is going to be fine. And then once, like, my eighth, I think it was eighth or ninth week happened, um, I immediately started getting morning sickness. And this is just, like, you wake up and you're nauseous. And it's kind of like when you're hungover mm -hmm. and you think you have to barf and you think you want to throw up because you're hungover, but you don't. So it just kind of is like, it's there, like the nausea is there. So I haven't actually thrown up from morning sickness, uh, knock on wood. <laughs> um, so that's like the best part. But what happens is um, I've noticed and, you know, you'll talk to whoever, everyone's different, but the days that I try and stay in bed and like not play into it, but the days I try to stay in bed, like it actually is way worse. So yeah. I'm now in the routine where I get up with Taylor. We get up around 8 a.m., which is really late for me because I kind of try to sleep through the worst of it. And we go and walk the dogs and, you know, have our normal routine. But the worst part is that I've had to introduce rice <laughs> to mm -hmm. my diet. Um, eggs right now before noon make me want to vomit. So that was a fun one. I did not see that coming because I was eating eggs and salmon roe every morning, mm -hmm. you know, up until week eight. Um, but yeah, the rice, uh, at first that was like, I just wanted to stick to like single ingredient foods. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, like there's crackers, there's this, like, obviously I can find gluten-free crackers. And we actually went on a hunt for crackers that were like organic, um, mm -hmm. you know, like the no harmful ingredients, no like weird additives and stuff and that took a while but we finally found some mm -hmm. um but then it shifted and i was like i just want to do rice 
So I'll do like buttered rice with like a tiny bit of soy sauce on it um, in the morning after our walk. Okay. And and wait, so how, let's just back up for a second. How did you come to the conclusion that rice was the, was going to be the thing that it it was that, how, how, how did that come about for somebody that's been carnival for so long? Like, Cause I know, I know in the past you mentioned, especially on the show, you've mentioned yeah. your sort of aversion to, to rice or, or not aversion, but you, you don't, your body doesn't necessarily respond as well as it well, could to rice. Yeah. yeah. So how did that come about? So that came about because, um, honestly, like my options were limited. Like the last thing that I wanted in the morning, like when you're about to throw up, you don't really want to eat a steak. No. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of like the last thing. So And I thought I would like push through it. And I have tried to push through it before and eat like Mm -hmm. leftover steak or cook something. I actually cooked eggs and that was just the worst idea ever. But um, the rice seemed to be the best option. Like I couldn't really think of anything else that was a single ingredient food that was purely carbs Mm -hmm. that could help just like settle my stomach or give my stomach something, Mm -hmm. right? Like I had tried at one point, I tried gluten-free like bagel, right? And I was like, oh, like, I'll just put this, like, tons of locks on it, right? And, like, you know, lemon and, like, salt and pepper and, like, that'll be that'll be good. But I kind of felt that you can't find gluten-free bagels that don't have a bunch of crap in them, <laughs> like, in terms of yeah. ingredients, like, yeah. different binding agents and all this stuff. So rice was the one thing where I was like, this is a carb. It's, like, a single-ingredient food. All I have to do is just wash it, obviously, for, like, you know, arsenic and stuff like I Mm. wash it really well Mm -hmm. um it's easy to cook and like I can put butter on it so I was happy (laughs) about that so that was kind of it was just the the best worst option if that makes sense right like the and again like I didn't want to eat carbs like I was like oh I'm not going to like I think I even told you early on I was like no like I'm not going to whatever but then like once the morning sickness gets Mm. in like you don't want to be like Eating a steak that early just does not happen. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say. I mean, I've got no experience with being pregnant for sure, but but what I can say is that from the way you the way you described it as a hangover, like I can relate because when you hangover, the last thing you do feel like is a big steak or like something heavy yep. like eggs or something. You just want like simple carbs, um, yes. tons of just dopamine and um, just you just want some serotonin basically going in your system. You know, you, you really don't want like a, a big <laughs> yeah. steak. And, but that's, that's a pretty, I'm, I'm pretty glad you brought that up because I think we've spoken a, a lot about the realities of this diet and the rea- the realities of, of living the way we do. And, you know, people assume that we are like the, the some people assume at least I know that we perfect carnivores and we only eat meats and, no, it's like you have moments where you need to have different things and experience yeah. different food sensations. And if you can't eat steak and you really, really, really don't feel like it, then don't then like don't force your body to eat it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. And clearly your body at this stage just needs something a bit different. It seems like it. Yeah, I, I, I call it now that I'm carnivore after 12. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like there we go. after after the noon. Uh, because anything before that, I'm just like, mm. so it's, so it is, it is for like people that are listening that maybe are going to be pregnant or something, but so it is that morning. That's the worst for you. Like the, the, the mornings are pretty much no go. For, for oh yeah. Things. So like, here's the thing. So my 
my life is pretty normal. Like for the most part, I still play pickleball weekly. I still hike. I modify my hikes now to not be like, well, I never did gruesome hikes. Never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But like if I, um, my sister was just in town visiting and her and Taylor did some pretty tough hikes and I would do like a smaller loop or I would sit out, you know, or they would go and do like a more difficult one after I did the easier one. Mm-hmm. So um, I've had to modify my hikes. I do my weightlifting still three to four times a week, like normal. Like, so that's all normal. And I'm doing that as much as time, like as much as I can, um, just because I want all of that strong and like ready to push a baby out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now we have this home gym, so it's great. But um, the only thing that's changed is that I now work out in the evenings, like my my workouts are at night um which has never really been a thing for me i guess you could say um so that's been the gnarliest thing and then there was a day where sometimes if i don't do my workouts like i'll do two back to back and i did that and i just like was like holy moly like i thought i got hit by bus i was like I need to sit down. Like I was like, so you finish like one weightlifting workout, right? Like mm-hmm. I did like, I think legs and I had to do like, um, or quads. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to do like, I didn't want to say my butt, um, glutes, Said. sorry. Your, your butt, <laughs> like, you were doing your butt. I want to, yeah, I want to do my glute workout. <laughs> and I remember being like Taylor, Taylor. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I do not feel good. So that was like one time where I was like, okay, I know my limit now is Mm. like an hour workout and then I need to like chill and I'll do like four mile walks, no problem. Like, so it's pretty chill, like for the most part. And remember, like they tell you, even if you didn't work out before pregnancy, you should be like working out like 30 minutes a day during pregnancy. Like that's what they recommend, some type of movement, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's not really one of those things where like, is there a reason behind that or what? Well, just because it's better for the baby, it's better for the development. It's better for the blood circulation down there and everything too. Mm. Um, and also like, it's better for you and your chances of pushing out the baby. Um, Mm. like, you know, without having to have future surgery down the line or like a C-section. So they just Mm. say like, yeah, exercise is great. So in every single book I've read, they're like, exercise every day if you can even if just 30 minutes walking outside like whatever just move move your body um but I did find something interesting so um one of the books I feel like we're gonna have to do a whole episode on like the pregnancy industry because I'm just like I'm throwing my hands up man like from the stuff I've read but um one of them talks about your BMI and how much weight you should gain right? Because that's a hot topic with pregnancy. Um, So like, I guess the lower your BMI, the higher amount of weight you can gain during your pregnancy that you need. But if you already have like a high BMI, so body mass index, right? So if you're obese or you're overweight, you shouldn't need to be gaining that much weight to sustain your baby during your pregnancy. However, if you're very underweight, you're probably going to end up gaining more weight, which is completely normal during your pregnancy. So it's kind of like if you had like a total, mm. <laughs> right? And if you're already starting like at the top of the total, right, you don't need that much more to hit it. But if you're starting lower and you're really underweight, then like, yeah, you can you can gain more. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in this category where my BMI was like 22. 
So I can gain, I believe up to 25 pounds. Like that's what they recommend at most, but I should only gain 25 pounds, which is, you know, that's a significant amount of weight. Yeah. And like so far, um, I'm obviously like, I gained 10 pounds like over the last year from carnivore. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Like now it's going to be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it's honestly, I've only gained like six pounds and I'm like during my first, sorry. Yeah. I want to get into no, no, yeah. I want to get into because I want to get into the weight side of things. But before we get there, because um, you're in a good train of thought, yeah. So what what are the books? What are the book? Can you can you remember? Do you have any off like the top of your head books that you were mentioning that maybe you would recommend or books that you don't recommend? But just I just want to quickly touch on that, and then I want to go to the weight side of the yeah. So um, as of right now, I honestly don't recommend a book okay that's, that's <laughs> like, good <laughs> there isn't i honestly want to write a book because i feel like um the, there is a book called expecting better and it's by um what's her name it's emily oster and she's like an economist okay and so she found that there is a gap in data um surrounding why doctors tell you um like certain things like oh don't drink or don't eat raw fish don't do this. Right. And she's like, well, what is the actual Mm. data Mm. behind these things? Right. And so, um, like I like how she approached it from that way. Uh, and I, I read through it and there was some things where give you an example. Uh, she was in her third or I guess going into her third trimester and she said that, you know, she had felt the baby kick all the time. Then all of a sudden she didn't feel it kicking. And so she went and drank a bunch of juice, like fruit juice and cook and ate a bunch of cookies to try to get the baby to kick. And I'm like, okay, like, so you're trying to give your baby a sugar rush so it'll kick again. Like it's, it was like, nothing was wrong. Like just sometimes they kick and sometimes they don't kick, you know, Mm. but it was just like she went into like panic mode, I guess, and like ate a bunch of cookies and juice. And like that just seems like, well, a- as you know, with me, like that would like really hurt my, like, I would get really bad heartburn. Like I would mm. be like bent over with my stomach. Like that's so much sugar, especially when you're drinking fruit juice, which is like tons of added sugar as well. Anyway, I was just like, why am I reading this book from this person who like is literally like giving her baby a sugar rush right now? Like I just, there's just weird stuff like that that would come up and I would be like, oh, this is like the mainstream, like, you know, uh, food, like etymology, right? Or whatever Mm, it's called. mm, mm. So like for me, I was just kind of like, okay, I need to find a book that's a little bit more holistic, talking about whole foods, like all that stuff. You know, I'm not trying to go all the way, you know, on the other end, but like, Mm. come on. I don't know, like if you have any thoughts on that, but (laughs) yeah. I mean, what I would add is that one, I acknowledge the difficulty of being whatever people say of being a carnivore when there's no, you know, books out there from experts and things like that. Even though we know this diet, and I also I would like to get into the trying part of it and how long it took you. So we'll get into that. We'll bookmark that for a bit later. But I do, I do want to acknowledge that. It must be difficult. I mean, you you are pregnant. It must seem a bit daunting because you don't have these 
carnival pregnant doctors running around that you know but 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 there are there, there are doctors out there we just don't know too much about them and where they are and they must start writing books but secondly i totally agree with you that there must be a lot of shoulds in the world if you read the books and and you probably find that if you read every single book on pregnancy um one of my favorite authors naval said this that if you read every single book everything will cancel itself to zero because yes. everyone will contradict each other so there's going to be a lot of shoulds out there like you should do this you shouldn't do that but i think if we've learned anything over the past couple of years especially on this journey through the diet it's like what is your body saying to you like yeah. what is what is the wisdom in your body telling you like clearly your body is telling you now like i cannot eat a fucking big ribeye in the morning that's okay you know <laughs> that's completely yeah. okay i think I think it takes also a level of self courage to to admit that because you've just been so strict with carnival. But this is just the point in your life where I guess you have to adapt and and change to the circumstance. So, yeah, I, I just want to add that that that's very that's very interesting that you would say that, and it's something that I'm sure a lot of people will be experiencing. Well, I'm shocked, Josh, because remember I told you I was like, oh, mm. I'm not going to change anything, you know, because you go into things thinking like. I don't know, like, I'm pretty positive, too. I was like, oh, like, this pregnancy is going to be, like, so easy, like, cool. <laughs> like, I don't have morning sickness. And then it started. But remember, too, like, the morning sickness, well, fingers freaking crossed on this one. But the hope is, is that this subsides going into your second trimester. Mm. So, like, it's three, 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 right? Three months first, three months second, three months yeah. third. So the hope is that it subsides. <laughs> and then I can go back to... Um, you know, maybe eating like maybe, I don't know, ham sounds good. I don't know why ham mm. sounds good to me, but, um, like maybe ham and some eggs. I don't know. It's kind of early in the morning. I probably shouldn't talk about eggs right now, <laughs> but, um, we'll see about the eggs, but hopefully like there are some people, Taylor's mom for one, um, she had morning sickness with Taylor throughout the whole nine months of her pregnancy. Oh, wow. And I was like, dude, like we have jobs. Like how, like, I don't even know. I, could you imagine being like hungover every single morning? Like trying not to throw up. I, that must be very, very, very tough. Very. My heart. Very yeah, interesting. My heart goes out to anyone that has, is going through that or has experienced yeah. that. And I'm just like crossing my fingers, like hoping that it, it comes to an end soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so for your sake and ours yeah. <laughs> so we yes, can do more, more, more podcasts. Um, yeah. So earlier you mentioned the, the body weight side of this. So this, yeah. this is interesting because especially what we've spoken about in the podcast before coming from the way, the, the sort of image you've had of yourself, you know, putting on weights when you were younger, even though you were ripped and had abs and thought you were like overweight or obese or whatever. So there was obviously some sort of body dysmorphia going on there, which I mean, I think a lot of people in the carnival sphere have anyway. It's just we all we yeah. all have come to this diet through different avenues, but we've all come to it from a sort of perception that we've had of ourselves as well. So how one, like how have you how have you started dealing with that? Or have you? Maybe you haven't. But what's anything to do with weight gain? Shoot away. Tell me tell me what your thoughts are and how it's affecting you or or making you think about 
um, what you're doing right now? Yeah. So to be fair, like I'm actually, this is weird, but I'm actually delighted. I have only gained six pounds, which is a healthy amount of weight gain. Um, remember the baby's like literally like this big, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's freaking tiny, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm, I am at that point right now where I think this is like the awkward phase because you don't quite have a bump mm-hmm. and like, it's just like, it's literally just this, you can't suck it in, you know, like I'll have to go on camera one of these days and show <laughs> like on my story, like, you know, once this comes out and stuff, but like, I can't suck in the lower belly anymore. Mm. Like, it's just kind of like, it looks like there's literally like a burrito. So like if I play pickleball and it's super hot and I'm wearing a sports bra with shorts or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know if I just maybe just had a big bloated <laughs> and ate a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Or if I'm pregnant, like, yeah. you don't know. So it's actually, that's, I think the most annoying part is because like, it's not, it's not a little cute bump right now it's just like oh well nicole's been like eating some something else like she has a little (laughs) pudge going on right there so that's that's why i think it's funny um is because it's not quite anything but again like i thought i'd be more concerned but um i think because we eat well we exercise regularly and like we're active um i think it just kind of cancels it out you Mm -hmm. know like any weight gain like you know and like we're trying not to eat like I think when you're pregnant it's the time to be even more careful about what you put in your body right because like your baby is literally relying on you right like people get kind of wild during pregnancy and kind of just let like hey I'm pregnant I'm gonna eat whatever the hell I want Mm. I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want and it's like Mm. no dude like what like so the thing about pregnancy is that your baby and everything, like it only requires 200 more calories per day, which is not a lot, right? Like that, any doctor will tell you that, Mm -hmm. right? That's like the recommendation. Mm -hmm. That's not really a lot. For me, that's maybe like three sausages or something, three breakfast sausages, um, you know, like extra in the morning or something. Like Uh, that's not a lot. (laughs) This is, this is really interesting because you didn't know this is this news no 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 no, no. i'm just saying this is interesting point because the amount of times i've sort of seen women use their pregnancy as an excuse to to maybe you know okay wait okay let's just let's just admit there there are tons of hormones running through them but maybe saying something that they shouldn't have said or but this is like this is proliferated by movies and sitcoms and things you know it's like i'm pregnant but then it's also the eating. Narrative. It's the mainstream it's the narrative. narrative, exactly. And eating specifically, you see, you see, you, I, I know a couple of close friends, <clears throat> excuse me, that that like did that, like where it's like, oh no, I can eat pancakes now every morning. I can just eat just a whole bunch of pancakes with syrup yeah. on. No, because I'm pregnant and I've got a baby inside of me. But if you tell, if you're saying to me that only 200 calories more, that's not a lot of food. And no. I will add for those that are concerned, uh, my mom was pregnant with me. She was anorexic. She was vegetarian. She smoked. <laughs> she carried on smoking. I don't know how long into my, her, my pregnancy my mom was smoking because she didn't know. She didn't actually didn't know she was pregnant because that's how thin she was from being anorexic. Oh my God. She was told she could never have a baby, by the way. So um, she was anorexic, vegan, smoked. 
was still drinking alcohol while she had me. <laughs> so if anybody's concerned, don't be, because I think the body is is more resilient than people realize. And in fact, I read something, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I read something, an article that actually said that when you become pregnant, your baby actually has the capacity to heal your own body. So if you are ill or you have cancer or you have a disease of some sort, the baby yeah. is the baby can actually um, heal your body. So the baby itself is like a healing, I don't know, thing inside of you that helps, which is very interesting. I don't know that. Well, I think so. Here's two things um, on your point right now about like the healing thing. So like there's people where like they could be drug addicts and they find that they're pregnant and then they literally stop doing the drug because mm. they don't want to hurt their future baby. So like something mental Mm. and like um nurturing and like that motherhood instinct takes over right like let's just say maybe that's maybe it's part mental right um and like you're kind of going through maybe you're taking more vitamins because you know you know you're pregnant and now you're like oh my vitamin levels have evened out you know mm. like i don't feel as depressed or so i think it can be great for kind of like people honing in, not being able to drink, right? Like honing in on like just your, it's almost like a self-care thing. I'm not telling people like go out and get pregnant mm. <laughs> and then like all your problems will go away. Like mm -hmm. obviously not. But I, I do think there's actually a really big truth to that because it puts you in a situation where you're not just doing something for yourself. You have to mm. think for the baby and what's growing inside you. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I was going to add, well, yeah. So I think there's the healing part, which can be mental. Mm-hmm like we just talked about, but also what you're talking about is I think the hormones, but also the cravings, like cravings are real. I think mm. they are pretty real. Um, I started craving, this is really weird, but like macaroni and cheese. Weird, like weirdest thing I think I've ever, and you know, so here's the thing. I ended up going to the store alone, which was a big mistake. <laughs> And um, I saw this macaroni and cheese and it was like the organic Annie's, you know, and I was like, oh, the ingredients look okay. And I was like, hmm, like whatever. <laughs> and so I forgot I had it. And then the next time I felt like I had the morning sickness coming on, I was like, oh, I don't want to make rice. I want to make this Annie's organic <laughs> macaroni and cheese at 8 a.m. So, um, yeah, that, that didn't go well. Um, I forgot that. <laughs> so did, so wait, did you have the, did you have it or have you tried I ended it? Up, yes. I ended what? up eating it. At I, eight I in ate the morning. a bowl of it. Yes. Well, like more like, more like 10, like eventually <laughs> okay. when I like end up eating, but I ended up eating it and <laughs> my stomach hurt so bad. Like, oh, I don't gosh. even know what was, I don't even know what, like the, the pasta was made of like rice but also like some type of bean mm. so like i should have known then you know like i should have mm. known like yo like mm. don't do but anyways like my, my listen to my pregnancy brain just like being like okay <laughs> so that's one thing the cravings that, that's so obviously this is about you being pregnant <laughs> and I'm, I'm like i've said before i'm not pregnant but I've felt similar. I've felt similar. I've had similar conversations with myself when I crave something because I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like we've spoken about metabolic flexibility. Yeah. And if you truly are craving something, fucking get it. Like, don't, 
Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, if you're craving something every, if you're craving something every day, that's not craving, that's an addiction. But after like four, we, after two months, if you, like I said, in Amsterdam and you want to try the best waffle ever, like go and do, or croissants, croissants. like go and do it, you know, don't deny yourself that craving. But, but you, you do realize afterwards, you're like, oh damn, like, well, uh, yeah that wasn't actually worth it. <laughs> no, so. like my stomach was so messed up and like, I'll just say this, but like I was, uh, so your intestinal tract is a little bit slowed down when you're pregnant. Like that's just a normal thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get like, I guess, constipated or backed up more, um, than like <laughs> you might've normally. And then here enters like macaroni and cheese and your body's like, Whoa, like what is happening? So anyway, so that was, um, like a time I, I gave in to the craving and like, I never crave anything sweet. It's always like salty or like, mm. um, buttery things like, thank God. But like, you know, like whenever I've had something sweet and someone's been like, Hey, like I have this like gluten-free dessert. You want to try a bite? Like Taylor will get something and I'll try a bite and I'll be like, meh. Mm. Like, it's really weird. And you know, me like before all this carnivore and everything, I had a gnarly sweet tooth. Mm. So like the fact that I'm now pregnant and I'm like, nah, like that's okay. Or like whatever is kind of funny. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I just think that there's like people need to be reasonable when they're pregnant and sometimes it's hard. Like I don't like going grocery shopping alone because like all I've talked about also like a random thing is like gluten-free Oreos because I used to, for those listening that know me, I used to like be, like love Oreos and I could just sit down and eat a pack of them <laughs> like in high school and I haven't gotten them and I don't plan on getting them because I'll, I always get sick after. Mm. Um, that sounds really bad, but like I just literally like it's like gorging like it's like it's not healthy so I never get them but I always am at the store and I like I'm with the (laughs) shopping cart going by and I look and I go and Taylor's like don't even think about it like he's like you're just gonna get sick he's like I like I've seen how this plays out yeah it's not how you think so like let's keep walking but there is like if it's 200 more calories basically is our point Mm. Like you, you, it's not really an excuse to just be like, I'm going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. It's like, mm. no, dude, you have like something growing inside you that needs all the nutrient dense foods it's need. Like, yeah, like eat something if you're craving it. And like that is going to satisfy your craving, but like still be um, cognizant about what you're eating and like mm. the ingredients, you know, because like that's what we try to do as much as possible because there's so much bad stuff. Mm. Um, by the way, I found the actual page in the book that we were talking about um on the suggested weight gain based on your body mass index for pregnant women so if you're underweight so that would mean that your bmi is under 18.5 and again this is like your weight divided by your height or some formula like that you can like look it up online and find out what yours is um so if it's eight under 18.5 the suggested weight gain is 28 to 40 pounds that is the most right? So when someone says like, oh, like I'm gaining 65 or something, right? Like that's, that's a lot. That's mm. even more than like the recommended weight gain, um, which I still think is fairly a lot. That's like, um, that's like normal... weight gain on top of your pregnancy, basically. That's like getting... No, 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 no. This is just like your... So they they actually like when you go in for each appointment, like every four weeks, 
up until like towards the end, they weigh you every time so they mm -hmm. can see, like they'll tell you if you're gaining too much weight. But th that's what I'm saying. Like, so like that suggested thing that you just said was if you've gained too much, it means that you are gaining now unnecessary weight on top of yes. your pregnancy, right? So that's yes. what that's for. It's like to, yes. yeah, okay. So basically this is, this is weight gain from knowing you're pregnant until like it comes out, mm. right? Like that, that's the weight gain. Um, during that time. So it's, it's just your overall weight, you know, during the time of pregnancy, like what it goes up to. So if you are over 40, but again, that's just for like, if you're not anorexic, but that's like, if you're very, very skinny, like mm. if you're underweight, right. Mm. Um, for people with normal weight. So I fall in this category with a BMI of 18.5 to 25. The suggested weight gain is 25 to 35 pounds. To me, that seems really high. Like it just does. Like mm. I just at right now, like in my mind, like if the baby's like 10 pounds, which would be a chonker, right? Like if the baby's 10 pounds and you have like the other things that support the baby, I don't know. 35 just seems like a lot. Mm. Like, and who knows? Maybe like I will gain 35. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like this is all, but like 25 to 35. Okay. Um, and then if you're overweight, so BMI is 25 to 30, then it says 15 to 25. So you see how it keeps going down if you already, if you get heavier. Yeah. And then if yeah. you're obese with a BMI over 30, it recommends only 11 to 20 pounds gained. So it has nothing to do like, it has to do with your weight. Like it doesn't have to do, I feel mm -hmm. like with like the actual, like, cause you can still only gain 11 pounds if you're overweight. That's mm -hmm. insane. Isn't that? That's like if the baby's 10 pounds, then like that means you should only gain one extra pound. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, it just it just shows you how your body sort of either adapts or diverts or diverts most of its already like excess resources that it has to the baby itself, you know? If you are overweight yeah. or underweight or that's really interesting. Yeah. But again, like we're not meant to like shame people if you've gained more than 35 pounds. Like it literally like I'm only concerned about myself. Like no. I literally whatever anyone else does, like I don't care. I'm just literally reading from like the OB, like, you know, OBGYN book of data <laughs> basically <laughs> about like what's recommended. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that there's only like 200 extra calories a day. Mm. So that's really interesting. Um, so. I want to shift years a bit and touch on the, the, the trying part of it and actually the process of conceiving a baby while, while carnivorous. So from my limited, uh, perspective of it, I've, I've heard from various people that it's not very common to actually do it on the first try. And, um, what, what is your, what was your experience? Did it happen the first try? And if so, do you, what do you, I mean, did you, do you pin it down to your low tox lifestyle, carnival, everything, all of the above, but what, what, what is your take on the actually, the actually for the people that are listening, just to frame it, it's like, I have a husband, whatever I, we are so keen to have a baby, but, but we just want to know what the pros, what process you went through so we can make it easier on ourselves. So, yeah. yeah. So I first want to like give some context kind of to the background of like my thought process to all this. So two years ago, 
I started carnivore because I thought to myself, hey, like I'm overweight. I'm not feeling healthy. I have stomach issues. I have all these problems. Like I want to have babies in the future. And if I don't fix this and get myself ready and like do the pre-work now, I'm never going to be ready. And I'm going to have a very difficult time being pregnant, possibly getting pregnant, et cetera. So like, that's kind of where this journey with carnivore started like two years ago, right? Like that's kind of like, I think was the biggest motivation for me was to be able to have the ability to bring a kid into this world and be able to not have my knee or my back in pain or have stomach issues, you know, to be off all meds. So it was very easy or I guess as easy as you can. So that was like the first thought. The second thing was um, I had been on birth control for 15 years. So I always had this really big fear in my mind because now knowing the things I know about birth control now and how it can really mess up your endocrine system, your hormones, um, you know, uh, there's different things that, you know, it can affect uh, like the uterine wall and like all these other things <laughs> that, you know, to get more scientific. So I was really nervous that going off of this, I was like, I don't know, I just had this bit, this like huge cloud kind of like following me around and I'm like, well, shit, like, I don't know until I try. And mm -hmm. that's really scary. And also you, you feel this clock ticking, <laughs> you know, cause I'm 30 and I'm like, okay. Um, so I got off birth control and I was off of birth control for a year um, or sorry, less than a year, I guess. Wow. Actually, that's interesting. Mm. Um, hmm, okay. Wow. I'm like discovering <laughs> things while I'm on this call with you. So we always decided, um, well, we were in Europe and um, we didn't want to try then <laughs> because how things were going and lockdowns and everything. And I don't know, it just seemed kind of scary to have a baby in a foreign country. And like, you kind of want to like feel it out before you get pregnant and mm -hmm. then have to like have a whole nother layer of like figuring life out in a foreign country and everything. Um, so we always said that we were going to wait at least a year being married. Okay. Um, sorry, it's like getting boring now. I'm like, Ugh. okay. So we had talked to friends and I just want to say this, like we had never talked to anyone that got pregnant quickly. Like, I don't really, I think I have like a cousin who accidentally got pregnant really quickly after she just had her first and then got pregnant with her second. But like overall, like friends and stuff that I've talked to, like, it wasn't like, no one ever was like, oh, you just try the first time and it happens. Or like, you know, like we were looking at a time frame of like seven to nine months of trying, you know, realistically. That was kind of like what we had read. That's kind of what people had like warned us about. Like, so they're like, hey, like try sooner than later, just so if there is any issues, you know, you still have that window of time to address those. So it was kind of more like nerve wracking going mm -hmm. into things. So you're kind of like already like a little stressed out <laughs> going into things. Um, so we tried mid-March was our first time that we were going to try. Um, and that was sooner actually than we expected because we were not going to start trying till June. Like we wanted to be married for like a full year and like all that stuff. But Taylor just told me and he goes, I think I'm ready. And I was like, okay. So like I ordered the ovulation <laughs> test, you know, like the thermometer, like I'm like tracking things. Um, so I had an app that like tracked like my fertile window. Um, but there's an ovulation test that you basically take and you take it like throughout the day. Like, I think I did like three tests a day, um, during like those, that week of like fertilization window. Um, and it's kind of like, it's not, 
I don't know. There's nothing like super sexy about it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's kind of like peeing on a stick and seeing if it gives you like the LH, which is a hormone that happens and it surges in your body like the day before you ovulate, right? Mm -hmm. So when the egg drops, you ovulate. And so I actually didn't even know if I ovulated. So if you don't ovulate, you can't get pregnant, right? So like that was like the first thing that I was really nervous about because I'm like, oh, like it's been days that I've been doing these tests and they're still not coming up positive, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then finally, like it just happened that my cycle was like a little bit later, you know? And mm-hmm. so it finally like I the thing was like double or whatever. They lit up that it was positive for like LH and I was like, all right, it's go time. <laughs> and like at this point, <laughs> you're also having like sex really, like really often during your fertile window because you could mess up a test and you never know, right? So like I think I told you like towards the end of it, we're just like, whoa, okay. Like I need water, I need like I need to rehydrate, I need some electrolytes. But um we after you like shows that you ovulate, you try that day and you try the following day. Um, and then you just basically wait for 10 days um, to see if you're pregnant or not. So funny enough, we went to a festival um, and the test on the day of the festival uh, was, well, I guess it was positive. Um, or actually, wait, no, I went to the festival that day and I didn't know if I was because it was a day too early to test. Mm-hmm. So I like went to a festival <laughs> that day in Boise Boise and um like I had oysters and like just lived it up um which doesn't like affect anything and um and again like we were so chill during this time right because we had just bought our house we had like just moved in like we were I don't know I feel like it was like a really chill time we didn't really have a lot of like worrying going on but um I found out the next morning I peed on a stick and it was positive So like that was like the end of March. So literally 10 days after you try, you like you find out if you're pregnant and it's probably the hardest thing ever to like wait, you know, to find out because you don't know. Yeah. So anyways, so to answer your question, we got pregnant on the first try, which is pretty crazy. Um, And we were definitely not expecting that. I think that for the few friends that did know that were kind of helping me through it that had had, you know, babies before they were like shocked. They were like uh like no really like (laughs) huh like and I'm like yeah okay and Taylor kept saying he goes we're gonna get it on the first try he's like I know (laughs) it doing his like number one thing and um yeah he's like number one team Um, team effort team effort (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but I was just like I was just I felt really relieved and like I like wanted to like just like cry my eyes out because I was just like I was like, okay, it's possible, you know, like it, it happened. Um, but anyways, so that was that. And you have to remember too, like we purposely like during this time too, of like conceiving ate a very, very strict nutrient dense diet, right? Like eggs every morning with a protein, like steak every night for dinner. Right. Like we're definitely like living our best carnivore lives. Mm. Um, we have all the nutrients we need. I've been doing like hair tests to see my vitamin and mineral levels and everything's good. Right. Um, and, uh, again, like we're also living a very low tox life, Mm. like no perfumes, um, no like synthetic anything in our house. Like everything is glass. 
um, or like cast iron pans, filtered water, filtered shower heads, like you name it. One thing that came back in my hair, Josh, that I forgot to tell you about was uranium. Okay. I think I, I had I think I had some no, uranium what? or something, like a tiny bit. It's like from I wasn't water, which is insane. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was your uranium or what was it? Yeah, I also or had arsenic? something I think it might have been arsenic actually. I, I it was one of those two that came okay, back. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So those are like in your water, okay? okay? Which is like super crazy. Um so we have like filters on like everything, like we only drink filtered water. You know, like no plastics in our house, you know, like mm. we're just very like, you know, like everything pretty much is organic. Like if we ever do eat a vegetable or like if we eat, you know, berries, they're organic. Like if we, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like other things. Like if we do eat something that's processed, right, it's like organic, like mm. ingredients, like whole foods, right? Like single yeah. ingredient foods, right? So we live this very low tox life, like by purpose and there's mm -hmm. been a lot of people that have had certain issues getting pregnant and they go on this low tox journey able to reverse you know cysts from pcos on their ovaries stuff like that so i think there is a connection between carnivore low toxicity right like not exposing yourself to aluminum in your deodorant you know like are you wearing clean makeup products are you wearing clean skin products you know like what's going on with that are you you know, are you exposing yourself to chemicals? You know, like there's everything like, I don't know. There's just so many things. Like I don't get my hair done. I don't get my nails done. Like I mm. now rely on clean makeup and no perfume. Like there's so many different things. And I think those have a connection. And I think that's why we were able to get pregnant on the first try. Like hundred percent. Like I, I don't, if I wasn't doing those things, I don't think it would have happened on the first try. Mm. Yeah, well, I think I think that's really important to underscore. Like, I think that's the meat of this, not to pun unintended, the meat, <laughs> the meat of this podcast. Ah, but it is. I mean, really, it is because a lot of people will be wanting to try and are concerned and have thoughts about it. And I think you've laid out a pretty significant sort of affirmation of, of your journey. And I think what you were saying is that even though you're craving these different foods now and i would still say you are still meat-based you know you're not yeah you're not meat-based you're just, you're just not meat-based in the morning in the morning <laughs> but <laughs> but the but it sounds like the, the the before part and the during part where you're eating all those nutrients dense foods is the most important part like that was the most important part because whatever happens after that happens after that and whatever you crave you crave but that part that you laid out the before and the after and the before and the during was important that you're eating those yeah. foods um which is really interesting yeah and it's like what i was gonna say to you is it's the control part too like you mm. have at some point you kind of have to be like okay like i i can't eat steak at 9 a.m right now mm. and that's okay i have to eat something that's kind of simple carbs and we're gonna roll with it. Yeah, you just <laughs> you gotta, know? you just gotta, you just gotta let go. You gotta let go, and I, and yeah, I know while you, you have it. But while you have it in your control is what you're saying. Like while you have the ability to not have nausea every morning, yeah. or you know whatever, like do everything you can to make yeah. it as best you can, right? Hundred percent. And and I know because you you are a type A personality that that likes <laughs> that 
that control. So, so you seem to be doing very well, which is, which is, which is excellent. It, now that you've, I mean, so how long have you been, when this was released, how long would you have been pregnant for? Just out of curiosity, how many? So how I'll many... be 13 weeks when this, I'll be in my 13th, 13 I'll be 13, weeks. no, I'll be 13 weeks pregnant. Okay. 13 and... weeks in some days. <laughs> yeah. So that's so how... just my second trimester, I believe. Okay. Okay, cool. So how, how are you feeling currently? Like, I know we've been through the before the during sort of stage, but like right now, this present day, like what's the, what's your thoughts and any sort of parting thoughts that you can relay? <laughs> I would just journey? say, yeah, I would just say like, be kind to yourself, but just know that I think my opinion on morning sickness is that if you give into it, it'll win. So like try to go on a walk in the morning if you can, mm. try to get outside, get in the sun, whatever you know you can do um, just because I think it actually minimizes it and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. On the days I don't walk in the morning and Taylor like walks the dogs without me, I feel so much worse. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel a lot worse. So I would just say like try if you can, and it's, it's different for every person. Some people have it super, super severe. Some people have their head over a toilet until 11 AM when they wake up. Like it's, it totally changes. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of gnarly, but I would just say like, um, just try your best to like push through if you can, because I think that is what helped me the most. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not in bed. I'm not in the fetal position. I'm just like, you know, sometimes I do nap, like I'll be watching a show like late afternoon and like, I'll just like nap randomly, which is nice. Um, but it's usually like a 30 minute nap. Um, but I, I feel really good. Like I feel it's really weird, but I feel extremely feminine. Mm. Like I want to be wearing dresses. I want to dress up. I want to look super pretty. Like it's really weird, like, which is really odd. So I don't know, like we had like a housewarming the other night and I like wore makeup and like this little like white dress and like these white boots and everything. And like my hair was done. I had makeup on like jewelry, but I just felt really good and like really feminine, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like when you play into it, like the feminine side of things, you just you just feel like amazing. Like I feel elevated. I have a wow, question. I sound like I'm on drugs. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I have a question though. So you, you had a housewarming, did, did people not ask questions when you, not, when you didn't have like alcohol or how did you play no. that? <laughs> so a lot of people don't really question it now just because like well, I Taylor, suppose, yeah, I suppose yeah, you've, and like, yeah. And also sometimes I just won't feel like drinking even when I've been like not pregnant. But I also like I've found dresses for this weird stage of having a burrito where like in my belly um, of basically like it just hides it. Mm. So like it literally just hides it and it doesn't like sink onto your stomach. It kind of just like like just barely like hides it. So you don't know. You don't know Mm. if I am or not. You know, you don't know what I'm hiding under there. (laughs) Yeah. so that's the other thing but I will say like my boobs are huge right now um, which is amazing so maybe that is also playing into the uh, feminine like girly side of things but like all I want to do is just wear bows and like wear like knee-high socks and just like (laughs) I don't know so yeah just embrace yeah I feel really good yeah yeah and we're gonna go on like a walk later and like I'm gonna do a um, glute workout today so, awesome. yeah. 
Well, but again, I'm lucky, Josh. Just know that. Like, I think I'm lucky because I think that some people literally, like, that I've talked to don't get out of bed. Yeah. Like, it's rough. So, I, so my, my, my humbly un- unscientific opinion, I don't think you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I think you've worked hard to, to get there. I think that's just my opinion. I think the food that you eat and the exercise you do and the, the sort of cultivation of your own self improvements and stuff like that all plays a role. And having the help, uh, that's what I think. Because I, I, I think listen, you. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're eating, if you're eating a shit, I mean, this podcast is mainly about you know eating a meat based diet. It's like if you're eating shit, you feel shit, and then if you're pregnant on top of that, you're probably gonna feel ten times shit. So I think you're probably yeah. doing serious damage control by doing what you're doing, and yeah, just keep it going. And I and I'm, it's gonna be weird to think that in what's that seven months time. December, early December. You're gonna, you're literally gonna show me a human that's come out of you on my on the yeah, podcast, on the which is gonna be, which is actually pretty nuts. So, so buckle up, yeah. whoever's listening, like buckle up because this is just the beginning. I'm sure there's gonna be many stories that you're gonna tell. Oh <laughs> you know yeah. What I'm saying going forward. There, I will say there's one thing you can't avoid, um, and like the burping and the farting i'm just saying like that is actually real and it's because your digestive tract like slows down so regardless of what you're eating mm. i just want to like let people know that like it's gonna happen so yeah. like buckle up for that because um like i burp in the morning and taylor doesn't know if i'm gonna throw up or not like i'll just like be in bed and be like oh. <laughs> and he's like it's like oh my god are you about to throw up or something like you know what i mean so it's it, and it just it just happens like it's just it's weird yeah. like your body just wants out of like this extra mm. gas that your intestines is like pushing up so um yeah i just want to say that but there's gonna be so much stuff we talk about like we haven't even gotten into like natural versus hospital like you know the different drugs they you know put in epidurals and different things on eating raw fish or not like there's so many things that we're going to get into and you know what comes with the only thing that I'm nervous about is what comes with like sharing this I think is that like there's so much unsolicited advice like that's literally what people tell me all the time is that like mm-hmm. hey just a heads up once you tell people you're pregnant get ready to just be bombarded with advice that you did not ask for mm-hmm. and for people being like oh you shouldn't do that <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's, um, that's what I, I guess I'm not looking forward to. Like the only thing that I have a little bit of anxiety about is that portion of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like, I'm just over here trying to do my best. I'm over here trying to shed some light on things. And I just know there's going to be, you know, yeah. Well, people you've, being, you've, like, you've been training for that. <laughs> you've been training for that yeah. by eating a meat based diet or the, all the vegans attacking you yeah, <laughs> saying you exactly. shouldn't be eating meat. So yeah. yeah, this this was super super fun, and I'm sure super relevant to a lot of people. I'm I'm very interested to see who how people respond to this episode because I think it's very, I think it's very important, you know. So it's yeah, cool. and we're honestly like just trying to help people. Like, there's so much stuff, and it's really hard to grab these things. But I just wanted to say, like, if you are the person that ended up gaining 65 pounds during your pregnancy, cool, like that's cool. We're literally just talking about what I'm trying to do, you know, what's recommended, whatever. Um, And we just hope that everyone, you know, everyone's going to have a unique experience. And in some way, if something in here can help, cool. 
if mm. not, also cool. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Well, yay. Well, cool. Cool. Well, we'll All right. See like you. and subscribe, everyone. Yeah, right? we'll see you like in the next subscribe. one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All Cheers. right. Bye.